Moore, who coined the word utopia in 1516, had Sparta very centrally in mind. But it was an authoritarian, hierarchical, and repressive utopia, not a utopia of liberal creativity and free expression. The principal focus of the community was on the use of war for self-preservation and the domination of others. Unlike other Greek cities, which satisfied their hunger for land by exporting population to form new colonial cities among non-Greek natives, the Spartans attacked, subdued, or enslaved their fellow Greek neighbours in the southern Peloponnese. The image or mirage of Sparta is therefore at least ambivalent and double-faceted. Against the positive image of the Spartans' uplifting warrior ideal of collective self-sacrifice, emblematized in the Thermopylae story, has to be pitted their lack of high cultural achievement, their refusal for the most part of open government, both at home and abroad, and their brutally efficient suppression for several centuries of a whole enslaved Greek people. The book will be divided into three parts. The first, Go Tell the Spartans, which has also been used as the title of a movie based on the Vietnam War, is named after the opening words of the famous contemporary epitaph on the Thermopylae battle-dead attributed to Simonides. It examines the evolution of one of the most intriguing of ancient societies and cultures, one that has left a deep mark on the development of the West. While Athens is justly credited with phenomenal achievements in visual art, architecture, theatre, philosophy and democratic politics, the ideals and traditions of its greatest rival, Sparta, are equally potent and enduring. Duty, discipline, the nobility of arms in a cause worth dying for, the sacrifice of the individual for the greater good of the community, and the triumph of will over seemingly insuperable obstacles. This first part explains how Sparta evolved into the most powerful fighting force in the ancient Greek world, without ever completely transcending or obscuring the traces of its origins in a group of villages on the banks of the river Eurotas in the southern Peloponnese. It grew in the first place through subjugating or enslaving its immediate neighbours in Laconia and Messenia, who became known respectively as the Helots, captives, and Periisi, outdwellers, and by controlling easily the largest city-state territory in the entire Greek world, some 8,000 square kilometres, more than twice the territory of the second-largest city, Syracuse, and more than three times Athens's territory of Attica, about 2,500 square kilometres. Consider first Sparta's territorial base in Laconia and Messenia. It is not only the sheer size of the territory that came to be called Lacedaemon that provokes wonder and merits the historian's attention— It is also its agricultural fertility, richness in mineral wealth, and secure enclosedness. Above all, we should note the presence of two large riverine plains, divided by one of the highest mountain ranges in all Greece, and the occurrence of large natural deposits of iron ore with an unusually high iron content. Human settlement is attested in southern Laconia as early as the Neolithic period, The caves at Pyrgos Diru in the Mani are today a notable tourist attraction for their multi-hued stalagmites and stalactites that can be inspected at close hand from a guided boat. But here a small settlement flourished in the 4th millennium BC, as heaps of bones silently attest. Elsewhere in the southern Peloponnese, 
It was not before the third millennium, otherwise known as the Early Bronze Age, that substantial settlement was established over a wide area. It was during this millennium and this cultural phase, some archaeologists and anthropologists believe, that the Mediterranean triad of dietary staples, grain, the olive, and the grapevine, first put down unshakably firm roots. This simple but explosive combination lay behind the far more impressive developments of the Middle and Late Bronze Ages, dated between about 2000 and 1100 BC. Well before the latter date, settlements in Laconia numbered in the hundreds, and their size might reach up to several thousands of inhabitants. The main area of concentration was the alluvial valley of the perennial Eurotas River, and in particular its lower or Hellos plain and its upper or Spartan plain. Homer's Iliad, a text...